0: So we have been this summer and leading into the fall, we've been talking about this idea that everything, despite evidence to the contrary, despite how it may look, despite how we may feel, everything is okay. And everything is going to be okay. So I wanna talk to us if it's all right for the next few minutes about one thing. It's simple and yet it's incredibly difficult to keep. It's even harder to cultivate, but if we do so, if we put in the work, it will change our lives. I want to talk about perspective this morning. Several years ago, uh, with some friends, we went to the movie theater and we were waiting for the showtime and we were out in the lobby and we were kind of just standing in the atrium there, looking around at the movie posters, kind of seeing what was coming next, what we wanted to see. And I, one of my friends, who I'd grown up with, is staring off into the distance just kinda like and so after like sixty seconds I was like hey what are you looking at he's like oh I'm looking at that poster over there and so I look and I'm like which one he's like the purple one and I was looking around and I see a blue poster, I see a white poster, I see some poster with yellow and I see a red poster but I do not see a purple poster. I'm like which, which poster? What are you talking about? He's like the purple one right there and I said dude there is no purple poster in this entire building and so he, I said what are the words on it? What are the images? And he started pointing it out and I said dude that is red. And he goes like it was nothing. He goes, oh, yeah, I'm colorblind. And I said, wait, 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 wait a second. I've known you for years, and this is the first time I'm learning this, and then it all came clear to me. That's why you dress that way. Okay, I get it. I get You know what? I thought you were eccentric. I thought you were trying different things, but now it makes so much sense. But it was weird. It was an epiphany in this moment. I had known this person for years and did not know that they saw the world completely different than I do. And to be honest with you, for years, when I would reflect on that, I would think back and be like, man, it's, it's a shame that he can't see the world in all of its glory. It's a shame that he can't see all the colors. And, and I, I kind of held a pity a little bit in my heart for him for years until I learned about the mantis shrimp. So you know the mantis shrimp? There's a little image there for you. That's an actual living creature in the water that you should stay away from because it's incredibly deadly. But here's what we've learned about the mantis shrimp. Human beings, the way we see, those of us who can see, our, our ability to see comes from something called rods and cones. And we have three receptive cones in our eyes that allow us to see red, green, and blue, and then the spectrum of those things. We were blown away when we found out that butterflies had five cones. And then they discovered the mantis shrimp. That little animal, that little creature has 16 cones. The rainbow that you see, the beauty of a rainbow on a rainy day that you see, you are seeing it with three cones. Imagine having 16 cones. Imagine the the colors that pop up. So here's my point. Nobody in this room and nobody watching online has ever seen the world as it is. Our view, our perspective is limited by our lens, by how we see things. And that applies to more than just shapes and colors. That applies to your relationships. That applies to your work life that applies to the way you see yourself I'm gonna give you a scenario here this morning I want you to imagine a gigantic staircase and there are two able-bodied people standing at the staircase one looks up at this giant set of stairs and goes mm-hmm <laughs> where's the elevator We have come too far in technology for me to walk up that entire flight of stairs and they immediately bolt for the elevator. The other person standing there says, yes, I get my steps in today. Let me ask you this question this morning. Who's right? Whose perspective is right? I want you to think about this, the weather. Not a particularly what we might call beautiful day out there today and yet here's the thing, a few weeks ago in church, A lovely lady who I can see right there came up to me and said, hello. And she said, I said, how are you doing? She said, oh, it's a beautiful day. And I happened to be in the atrium and I looked to my left outside and I had to look two or three times because what I saw was cloudy, dreary, rainy. And she had the biggest smile on her face and she said, it's a beautiful day. Now I want to contrast this with several years ago and this is burned in my memory for the rest of my life, I promise you. It was uh, like Black Friday and I was going shopping years and years ago and I pull up to this busy mall and it was pouring down rain. And when I got up to the front where the entrance is looking for a parking spot, a guy walks out of the mall and he looks up at the rain with an angry scowl and with both hands flipped off the weather. I won't demonstrate this morning. (laughs) And it was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire... He was just angry at the weather. How dare you? And he stormed off. So let me ask you this question. Lady with a smile on her face, seeing the weather and saying it's a beautiful day, or the gentleman who flipped off the sky, who's right? It's a matter of perspective. And a lot of us look at our lives, our problems, our struggles, the things that we are dealing with, we look at our relationships, we look at our current status, or where we are financially, and we're not happy with what we see. If only I had access to this if only I had more money if only I had had a better education if only I had more connections if only I had married them instead okay all right we'll, we'll move right past that one but we hold on to these things and it's a matter of perspective I want to talk to you for a minute about Yale University in Connecticut anybody ever heard of it one of the most prestigious universities in the entire world, it will cost you $50,000 a year to go there. They are responsible for training the minds of science and medicine. Some of the most influential people you've ever heard of came out of Yale University do you know the most popular course they offer today it is a course called the science of well-being another way to say it is how to be happy 101 at Yale University when you could learn and you're paying 50 Well, your parents or somebody's paying $50,000 a year to send you there. And the most popular course they offer is called the Science of Well-Being. And here's what probably the curriculum should be. The professor should walk in the room day one and just say this. All right, guys, I want you to do me a favor. Look to your right and to your left. You're at Yale University. Get over yourself. All right, we'll see you next semester. Right? right. You would think, but that's not what they talk about. That is not the perspective they bring. There are, listen, 300,000 people have taken this course because it was so popular when they introduced it that they filled out entire classrooms. They had to do the exams in several different buildings to accommodate everybody who took the class. And it was so widely accepted and popular that they put it online. 300,000 people are wanting to learn how to be happy if money was the answer we'd have it solved if where you went to school was enough we wouldn't be talking right now if the amount of friends you have or where you live or where you grew up or where or who your parents were if that was the solution we would not be having this conversation there's a bigger issue going on and when they teach this course the science of well-being there's not these cutting-edge breaking through technologies they're talking about stuff that people have been talking about for thousands of years I want to talk to you about a man named Paul A man who is responsible for writing more than half of the New Testament that we have in our Bibles. A man who was, by his account, shipwrecked, beaten up to the point of almost dying, imprisoned, betrayed, abandoned. Here's a guy who one day started the day where people were literally raising him over their shoulders and worshiping him to cut to about an hour later and they, an angry mob dragged him out of the city and tried to stone him to death. Talk about a, a bad day. Talk about getting knocked off your high horse. Here's a guy who had to deal for his, the rest of his life with the fact that he was personally responsible for the imprisonment and the murder of tons of people until he converted his life to Christianity. Here's what he has to say about finding perspective and being happy. You can pull up that verse. He says, I learned by now to be quite content, whatever my circumstances. I'm just as happy with as little as with much and with much as with little. Keep going. I've found the recipe for being happy whether full or hungry full hands or empty and what is that recipe I can do all this through the one who gives me strength now I want to pause on this verse for a minute because you've probably heard it I can do all things through Jesus who strengthens me or Christ this has become a refrigerator magnet verse evidently God cares about football and so this is the verse football players go out on the field with. I can crush that other team because Jesus gives me the strength to do so. Listen, if that's your thing, if that gets you fired up and motivated, I'm not here to take that away from you. That's cool, but I don't think that's what Paul had in mind when he talked about that. So I want to give you another translation of the same verse. If you could put that next one up. It says, whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. The secret to happiness is not a what, and it's not a where, it's a who. The key to unlocking your personal fulfillment is not a what, as in money or things or status. It's not aware as in if I lived here, if I had this place, if I was at this point in my life. That's not the secret to have. The secret to happiness according to Paul is a who. But I want to unpack this idea of what the one is or what Christ is. The apostle John said this in his gospel. He said in the beginning was the logos, the word. And everything that exists came out of this logos. What is the logos? That's a Greek word, and it means a lot of things. But the idea is this, the very logic of the universe, the very reason through which everything was created, that essence that grows your fingernails and grows the flowers and creates this beautiful ecosystem that we experience the very thing that shot forth the universe in ever expanding fashion is the Christ is the one and a few verses later it says and that Christ that essence that logos put skin on and moved into the neighborhood became Jesus of Nazareth and walked around and showed us how to be human. And that in and of itself is an amazing thing, that when we look at the person of Jesus, we see God's essence, and we see the whole logic of the universe. But Paul told us a little bit deeper than that. He said the same spirit that lived in Christ lives in you. I want to tell you that we don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. We don't see things as they are. When we look around at our lives and our relationships and our circumstances, we see them through the lens of who we are. If we caught a glimpse of what Paul is saying there, it's not about what I have or where I am, but it's about the one that makes me who I am. Within me is an essence, is a love, is a joy, is a peace that goes beyond any understanding and no circumstance can take it Away from me. There's a word there at the first half of that passage. He says, I've learned to be content. And some of us don't like the word content. We're allergic to that word. Because it it means to us that we're settling. Oh, they're just content with where they are. They're just content with this stage of life. I don't want to be content. I want to strive. I want to get more. I want to keep climbing. I want to keep moving. I want to keep going. You go ahead and be content. I'm climbing whatever ladder but that's not what content means contentment is not about a lack of ambition contentment is about a continual presence of gratitude that wherever i find myself i'm grateful for my next breath that even though the circumstance doesn't look the way i want it i'm glad that i'm just Here, That I am connected inseparably from the very logic of the universe. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. So there's no circumstance and situation that can destroy me. Contentment in your life is not about settling. It's quite the contrary. I would point us to Dr. Martin Luther King for a moment. Who looked around at the state of his world and he wasn't okay with leaving it as it was and yet he was content with one thing it is he who said that I look forward to a day when people are not judged by their outward appearance but the content of their character in other words I look forward to a situation in life when people stop looking at the external and start looking within And with that spirit, with that understanding in the core of His being, He set forth change in this world. I would point us to Saint Teresa of Calcutta, also known as Mother Teresa. You've heard of her. She changed history. Do you know what one of the things she's famous for saying? Something as mundane Boring as washing dishes to her was a meaningful experience because of her perspective. And here's a little glimpse of her perspective. She said, don't wash the dish because it's dirty. Don't wash the dish because somebody told you to. Wash the dish because someone you love will be using it next. I want you to think about that perspective. What would happen if we got that in our lives? That there's no such thing as a mundane experience. That I am the way I view my life. And something as boring or annoying and simple as washing dishes becomes an act of love and generosity. I would point us to Nelson Mandela who was imprisoned for twenty seven years do you know what he's famous for saying a man who went on to change the world the way we look at activism and politics the way we approach global peace somebody who paved the way for so many coming after him do you know what he said he said they can imprison my body But they will never imprison my mind. In other words, I have very little control over my external situation. Being in this cell is a problem. You can lock my body up. But you have no control over my inner experience, my essence, who I am at my core will never be imprisoned. And with that, the moment he stepped out of a jail cell, he changed the world. It's not about where you are today. It's not about the situation you find yourself in. I believe there are people in this room with legitimate problems, with legitimate struggles, with hardships that you just feel like tapping out. I have no problem believing that. But something changes when we look at the world differently. What would happen If instead of going to work tomorrow and looking for your boss or your paycheck to provide you with value as a human being, what if you went into your workplace knowing that you are bringing the value? That you yourself are bringing value into the situation. What might change in your relationship if instead of looking for someone to be your knight in shining armor to rescue you and validate you, or instead of looking for your damsel in distress to make you feel strong, what if you were perfectly content right with, inside yourself? What would that do for your relationship? If you didn't need the external validation from someone else to make you feel your worth, what if you knew that the one who makes you who you are, the very essence that grows the grass and your fingernails and most of your hair, is right here, right here. It would change everything. And I want to say a word about comparison this morning. One of the biggest poisons in our life is our tendency to compare ourselves, our situation, our life, our worth with people around us. We look to our left, we look to our right, we scroll, through our social media feeds, and we see where someone else is in life, and we see where we're not. Let me tell you this. You have never seen someone else's life accurately, ever. I don't care how much you know the person I don't care if you live with the person. You have no idea what it's like to be them. You have no idea the real internal story that is happening. You have no idea what it's like. So it is nothing but dangerous to compare yourself with another person's experience. When you can be free of the need for external validation from others, everything in your life begins to change. You know, they have proven. They've done studies on human happiness. And after a certain dollar amount, money has no effect on personal happiness. If you have food in your fridge and a place to sleep, once you get past there, money can do nothing for you. That's why there are so many rich, miserable people. And yet we still believe, if there was a couple more zeros in my bank account, my problems would go away. It's a view. It's the way we see things. Someone said, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. I believe that to the core of my being. We're not always going to be able to change. Now listen, listen, hear me. That doesn't mean we sit on our hands and we give up. Martin Luther King did not give up. He literally went so far into who he was by God's spirit within him that he said they could kill me. If they have to, I will stand for what matters. People can walk away from me. People can abandon. People can misunderstand what I'm here to do. None of that is going to change where I am because this is inseparably connected to the creator of all things. Sometimes when we get a little perspective, even our problems can become our strengths. Parents in the room this morning, your worth is not connected to your children's behavior, good or bad. Do not live your life vicariously through them. I didn't go to this university, so they have to go to this university. I didn't achieve these things, so they have to achieve these things. If they behave this certain way, it brings shame or embarrassment on me. You are completely removed from that. Who you are has nothing to do with even who your are. Ch- now listen, we influence We guide, we help, we love. But parents, your worth is not connected to your children. My wife and I were watching a talk the other day. We were watching a documentary film um, from a woman by the name of Rachel Hollis. And she uh, she's a motivational speaker, she's a writer, she's done several things and uh, she was talking to this group of women and she handed out this survey basically and the list of things were pretty awful. Um, if you've ever been sexually assaulted or if you've ever uh, endured betrayal on this level or any kind of physical abuse or emotional abuse or if you've ever lost a child or, and it's this list of things that you never want to read and she asked the women in the audience to check the box that correlates with them and then she said now that that's done I want you to hand now you don't write your name out but I want you to hand that sheet to the person in front of you they're gonna pass it and then they're gonna pass it back and they're gonna all of these are gonna be mixed up by the time we're done and then she did something she said now I want you to stand up if the paper you're holding if what I get ready to read correlates with what you're holding and this is the remarkable thing I mean, one of the remarkable things. There was a line item on that list that said, I do not like who I see when I look in the mirror. Almost every single woman in that crowd stood up. now women in that room looking across would look at her and say how in the world could you not like what you see when you look in the mirror and vice versa, and all this stuff it's because it is not in what's actually there it's in how we perceive it and something transformative happens when you know your worth is not tied to your external situation and when you get it here when you know that the very logic and reason and beauty that holds the universe together holds you together something begins to blossom in your life and your problems don't seem as bad and you see solutions where you didn't see solutions before and you find kindness and gratitude and joy and you see yourself smiling more than you smiled before and you see yourself more gracious to your friends and your partners than you were before and everything changes because when you change the way you look at things the things you look at change